I want to invite you to keep your Bibles open with me, and those of you worshiping at home, keep them on your lap. That is five verses, and I can't even count how many times the word love shows up. So you have to kind of slow down and spend some time with this one. I encourage you to always do that, even after the hearing of the preaching of God's word. But I'm really excited. For those of you that weren't here last Sunday, I really do. I don't want to just say this. I want to really encourage you to go back and watch the first sermon uh, Pastor John did last Sunday in this God Gave series, uh, and his focus was on grace. Um, and it really sets up love that we're talking about today and really all of these that we'll be talking about how God gave. But not only God's grace did he give, but God gives grace upon grace. And Pastor John did a great job of talking about the power of that which is written in God's word. And he talked about how grace is what God gives, and it's his unmerited and undeserved favor. Not by anything we have done or could do, but God loves us so much that he just gave us that favor. And we receive that gift and it makes us right with him. In fact, um, I love what Pastor John said. He said, Jesus' perfect record was given to you and your imperfect record was given to him. And it was on his shoulders when he died on the cross for us. I thought that was exactly what Grace is talking about. And, and with this holiday season, he said, it's a, fru- a from and a to. Just like we see on those gifts that we receive, this gift is the same way. He said, God's grace rec- rescues us from eternal separation from him. It makes a way for us to be with him. And his grace rescues us too. A blessed life in Christ. And my friends, that blessed life is filled with his love. And so that's where we pick up today with this beautiful John 3.16 verse. For God so loved, not just you and me, but the whole world. It's really, really powerful stuff. And because he loves, we get to celebrate that all the time. And I'm going to talk about what that means today. So as I left last week feeling God's love, understanding more about his grace, I was just filled with love. I felt so good about it. And what did I do when we leave church? I went off into the world. We each go in our separate directions to meet different people, be in different places, and serve in different ways. And so as I, do, I did that, I started to do what we all do. I just kind of looked at what's around me. And, and fi- thankfully, because of that message, I could see it with a little bit different eyes. You know, it shaped my heart and and understanding God's grace. And so I could look at it. And I started to look at this love part. For God loved us that much. Now, what does that mean in this world? And it brought me to that question that Hathaway and his amazing song in the 90s had. What is love? Thank you. I was going to play it, but you know it. I don't need to play it. But not only what is love, but what is true love? Love. What does that love that God has for us look like in our lives? And even more specifically for us at Messiah, I love our mission statement, and it is this. Love God, love others, share Christ. That's who we are. That's what we do each and every day. And so I said, let's take some time to really look at this amazing passage of Scripture and make sure we know what that love really, really looks like. And I have to tell you, I had to ask that question. I had to spend some time meditating on God's love because I actually, I wondered and I worried for each of us that when we go out into the world, we might be exposed to, 
We might be tempted to different types of love. And you know there are many types of love being talked about or redefined or put in front of us. And I ask the question is, is what the world calls love real, true love? And I also ask the question, can you and I, can we love with truth and grace in the same way that God does and showed us through Jesus? As you know, many things are going on in the world that we call love. There are different definitions. There's even different words used for it in Scripture. I'm not going to get into all those today. I'm looking a lot at that agape love that God gives. It's powerful, powerful love. But there are different acts of love. There are different cultural influences on love that kind of span worldwide. Um, and people call it different things. It's, and as I just looked and looked, it started to very quickly take the shape of something that people find to be kind of relative. They look at it kind of customizable. And very quickly, it became really complicated. Really complicated. And to me, and as we read in Scripture in 1 John... It isn't very complicated. But what made it complicated were all the ways that we, that we try to extend and, and give love. There's many ways that it, that it becomes, but I landed on two types of love that I see really prevalent in my life and some of the people around me. And these two types of love, I call them, are legal love and easy love. You see, many of our natural attempts fall into one of these categories very honestly and whether it's on purpose or on accident we land in one of these two camps and so legal love first is very easy to get sucked into this love fits very neatly into our minds because it fits very neatly into our world this is a transactional conditional and what I call earned love and it may contain truth but it has no grace. You see, this, of course it's love that's earned. As we say, I've said it, everything worthwhile in this world is earned. And love is certainly a worthwhile pursuit. Why wouldn't we try to earn love? You see, we may, I look at our lives. I say, you know, it's so easy to get sucked into this. Our spouses, our children, our coworkers, our neighbors. Think about it. Are there times when you look upon the people in your life and you think, wow, I couldn't love you any more than this moment. How beautiful. But are there also times when you go, I could not be more disappointed in you. And you might be saying, Andy, even when I'm disappointed, I still love them. And that is true. But the temptation to love them beyond those simple words is a much harder realization. People, places, and things make it easy or harder to love them based on their performance. This is just naturally true of a broken world. And whether we consciously or subconsciously, we do not extend and show our love the same way to those people. Let me give you a couple examples. There are some neighbors that are very easy to love. No question about my love for them. There are other neighbors, it's hard. And I don't naturally go over there like I would to those neighbors that loves me. That, that, that's pretty normal. And I had a great example that wasn't in my sermon yesterday when my son played a second grade basketball game and the referee was not meeting my expectations. <laughs> he pushed him! You can blow your whistle, you can call a foul. It was hard, 
because there's games when I go, wow, that was a good referee. They were easy to love. We got all the calls. But yesterday, I had to go up to that nice young lady after the game and say, I am sorry. I was not very loving to you, and you did a great job. But we all get sucked into that legal love. And that one, you can sit there very rationally, very self-righteously, and say, well, that wasn't very nice, Andy. Love is not meant to look that way, very obviously. That's an easy one to look in the mirror and find, but there's this other one called easy love that is a lot less hard to find, and it's equally as easy to get sucked into. You see, easy love is careful. It's preservational, and yet it's very deceptive. You see, it may contain grace, a ton of grace, but it withholds the truth. And that can be hard to understand sometimes. You know, we say it in beautiful things like, nothing you can do can make me love you any less. I will never trigger you, confront you, challenge you, or do anything that would make you feel discomfort. That's what love's about. I'm just here to love you, that's it. If I don't agree with you, I'll say nothing. And I just want you to speak your truth and I'll make it my truth. When we love this way, we truly believe we're doing the right things. And plus, it's a lot easier that way, isn't it? We don't stir up trouble. It'll preserve the relationship. There'll be no tension. There'll be just peace and love, right? The problem is the truth matters. Maybe you can think of your life. I think of times when someone that loved me pulled me aside, and though it was difficult, though it wasn't what I wanted to hear, someone took the risk of telling me what I needed to hear. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth so helped them God. And it didn't seem very loving at the time. I got called out in a room full of people. And it, would have been, and, and it didn't seem loving, but they didn't care. They told me I was wrong. They told me I was better than the path I was going down. They told me the truth. And it didn't seem loving at the time. And I could have easily just canceled them and canceled that relationship. I could have said, nope, I don't need that in my life. Life's hard enough as it is. But I look back now and saw something amazing. I saw that they were the only one that was really honest to me. When so many other people lied to me in the name of love. And if they wouldn't have told me Your eating habits are going to make your blood pressure go through the roof. You're not a child anymore. Eat a vegetable. I would have probably figured out it eventually, but a person loved me enough to care about me being healthy, and they told me the truth. And here's the thing, that easy love, to not bring that up, to not say anything, it is self-preservation. We say we're doing the right thing for the person, but we're keeping harmony, not for them, But for us, love is is truthful. Love is in the light. I have to tell you, I believe we truly mean well in both of these types of loves. We truly want to do the right thing. We want to love truly, but we still struggle in the ways that I just mentioned for a reason. And the reason is, the truth we learn in Scripture is that we can't truly know what love is. We cannot truly love with truth and grace. We can't truly love. It's not something we can grasp. Not on our own. 
You see, that self that we count on, that self that we rely on as we try and love, we aren't against others. But we are for ourself. And the question I'm going to answer with the help of the Apostle John is, what if we were for others? What would that love look like? I think it looks quite different. The Apostle John helps us to know what love is, what it is not, and where true love comes from. In a commentary on 1 John, the commenter writes, Love here, revealed in our verse for today in uh, 1 John 4, love here is not emotion. Neither is it to be defined in terms of specific virtues or acts of kindness. It is the lifeblood of the community. Christ's love defines love. And what he's saying is, God's love is who he is. God's love is what he does and what he does to and for us. And the most amazing thing I don't want you to lose today is God's love is what he does in and through us. Like grace upon grace, this is love upon love. You see, like grace, faith and love are very closely related. I love how we simply put it as, as in our Lutheran doctrine. We are saved by God's grace. God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Christ, that gift that God gives us. And we know that to be certainly true. And being saved and justified, having received his favor without any merit, he doesn't stop there. He did, as we read in 3.16, give his son, but he, does, he keeps giving. By the powerful gift of the Holy Spirit, God doesn't just justify us, he sanctifies us. If you don't know what that words mean, it means he transforms you. And he leads you. And he works through you. Nobody grasps this more than the Apostle Paul. To his letter in the Galatians, he talks about the fruits the results, the outcomes that come from God's amazing love working through us. And the first of these is love. And as we read John's sermon in our reading today, pulling from his, his gospel, his other writings, and, and looking through the lens of Paul, we realize that faith helps us understand love. In fact, it made me think about something great Martin Luther gave in the small catechism. As I'm kind of helping out the sixth graders, we're going through these different things. And in the third article of the Creed, where he's focusing on that Holy Spirit that I just talked about in a second, Martin Luther says it this way I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by his word, by the good news of the gospel. And enlighten me with his gifts of the sacraments, the baptism, and the Lord's Supper, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. You may have heard that before. It may have been a while. But I look at it through the lens of love, and I say it this way, pulling from Martin Luther's great, great summary. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, love the way Jesus Christ, my Lord, has loved me. 
But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, the sacraments, sanctified and has revealed to me what true love is. See, that's what God does. And as we look in this Advent season about the coming of Jesus, that's exactly what God is doing. He's showing us true love. In a world struggling to figure it out, you and I don't have that same problem. We know exactly what love looks like. You see, Paul understood this in a great way. He wrote to the Galatians in chapter 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, or you could say love, but Christ who lives and loves in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So by now we know we take our whole self out of it. We don't do and seek self-righteous love. We don't look for harmony in in self-preservation love. It's about giving of ourselves. But I have to tell you, As I said earlier, I don't think we can love with truth and grace. I don't think we can love that way. And the truth is, we can't. But God can. And he does. Through us. He works through us so the world can know that love. And I love what the commenter said, Bruce Shikard. He says, love suggests John is what exclusively happens when it is inspired by grace alone, through faith in the God who loved us first. And he showed that love in the person and crucifixion of his Son, in whom we live and love according to his example, in the context of the community, the church, of the beloved, And if not, our living and loving has no true meaning. You see, my friends, God is love. And what the Apostle John is saying in verse 8 when he says God is love, he's saying love is not possible outside of God. God is the author and the creator of love. And we're talking about whole, full, true, selfless, and sacrificial love. And this should make it clear that those selfish, earthly attempts at love we say are not true love. Love has truth and grace. And I think of the many people in this world seeking, forcing, and redefining what love is. And the disappointment that comes, the meaninglessness. You and I have to show them true love. And that's what God does. He intervenes in our lives and the lives of the lost and the loveless. In verse 7, John writes, love comes from God. And this thought made me think of a great question that I want you to remember. How can God be love and send love? How can he do both? He sends himself. He sends himself who is love. You see, he took on flesh. He dwelled among us so love could dwell among us. True love could dwell among us. Jesus is God in the flesh. And that means Jesus is love in the flesh. Love came down, as we say. 
And this means that all of love begins and ends at the cross. In this world, it all starts with Jesus. As John goes on to write, we love because he first loved us. And that means all things before Jesus in the Old Testament pointed to his love that was to come. All things after point to the cross as the origin, the beginning of God's true love. The cross shows fully God's love on display. God's love is the action that delivers to you and I his grace, his mercy, and as we read in verse 10, the propitiation, the payment that accomplishes the forgiveness of our sins. Not some of, but all of. And in verse 9, God revealed himself and his love by sending it to be among us. To be clear, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world. And he did it so that we might live through him. And as I said earlier, the most amazing part is he didn't just give and he didn't just reveal his love on the cross, but he also, that was the beginning. He does it still today, every day. He's with us and as John says, he abides now in us and his love is perfected in us every day. A little sentence like God is love unlocks so much truth as you look around your life. How can God be love and send love? He gives himself and he is present with us. I'm going to prove it to you with a few points. I want you to see your own life as I'm saying these words. He gives and shows his love by his word and when we gather around it, when we gather around his word, his his word, his love dwells among us. By the Holy Spirit which dwells in our bodies, the temples of the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, Him dwelling in us, His love dwells in us. By our baptism where we as sinners are drowned so that we can rise from the water to a new life in Christ, we rise with His love in us. And by his very body and blood, which we came forward and received right here at that table that he sets before us and invites us to, we receive his love. And his love is now in us. And we know that is a foretaste of what is to come, where the love of God will come to full completion. And not just we will know his love, but when the new heaven and the new earth comes, all will know true love in him. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave his only son. And as his son has instituted and revealed to us, God continues to give by the power of the Holy Spirit. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God gave. God gives. We are loved. His love dwells in us and he brings it to the world through us to the ends of the earth how amazing is that amen